Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Got a great show planned for you. We're going to be focusing a lot of the show on the importance of sleep, sleep hygiene, why, what it does, how sleep impacts and intersects with physical health, but more importantly, mental health. That's right. And then we're going to close out the show talking about jealousy. What is it? Do we have to honor it? What triggers it? What's the work look like? Of course, question of the night, as always, is up on our Loveline IG page. So uh, weigh in on that. It's in the stories, as well as DMs. Got a DM for us. Drop it in our Loveline IG. Confidential, anonymous, slide it on in the DMs, and uh, producer Alex will get it to me. We'll answer that for you. Um, Wanted to open the show, though, talking about some news. Kira Knightley. I love this. We'll unpack it. She says, I won't, I will not shoot any more sex scenes directed by men. What does that mean? It means she's tired of being forced to participate in what we call the male gaze. That's right. A lot of times people shoot sex scenes based on what a man wants or what a man thinks turns everyone on. And it's a very different focal point where the male oriented gaze and sex scene often looks like, well, we've seen adult films where it's just focused on getting it done, always penetrative and really prioritizes the man's pleasure. Often you'll see him and his pleasure focused on, and then the woman's kind of just left there. And so focusing more on what they call the female gaze, I know it's very stereotypical and archetypal would be something that isn't always penetration. It is full bodied, more passionate. It considers the pleasure of the female. It's not just about the male getting off and then we're all done. And she's saying, I want to be more honest. I want to extend and help educate because again, our education on a lot of things, including sex and relationships and love and dating comes a lot from what we're watching. And uh, every now and then I check out some of these shows and really bad educational norms being reinforced. So um, I like that. I like that we're pushing back and starting to try to change things like that. It's really important. Also some good news, Israel sees 60% drop in hospitalizations for people 60 uh, plus three weeks after first shot. Uh, What does that mean? Well, it means that these immunizations, uh, these vaccines are helping. Full effects of the Pfizer shot only kicks in around a month or so after inoculation. But this data shows out of Israel because we're looking at other people that are further along their vaccination process that there's a stark drop in infections. Um, That's important because, you know, none of this is 100%. Pushing into some uh, anxiety-inducing news. I was surprised to read this. Ready for this one? Here's the headline. There's no end in sight. 
Why? Well, we're talking about mail. Mail delivery delays continue across the country. I thought holidays were over, right? Uh, everything, including the vaccines and all that, was kind of a little bit figured out. I thought we were like getting in the clear. No. <laughs> the funny headline also buried in the story is you've got mail somewhere, probably. <laughs> I've been victim of that. I had sent something to someone and it got lost. I also sent something to someone else and it took forever to get there to a point where I thought it had gotten lost. Apparently, the U.S. Postal Service is still getting itself out from under the avalanche, the avalanche of mail that happened during the holiday season. I guess we're not too far out from it, and a lot of people are shipping stuff. And so, um, God bless it. Uh, in addition, operational changes ostensibly designed to stop the system from hemorrhaging have helped create a backlog of mail because they were looking out for financial interest and they made a lot of changes. So I don't know, basically they're saying that more changes in terms of helping to save costs are gonna be coming soon. But again, also online uh, shopping has skyrocketed because people aren't going out to stores and people are using all sorts of delivery services to get their food. But in terms of honor, you know, um, purchasing products online, like things like Amazon, which PS were avoiding because of their horrible, 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 oversight on how they pay and look out for the healthcare of their employees. But nonetheless, companies like that, it's a lot of pressure on the mail service, which is getting a lot of shifts and changes. So God bless that. I was, I was not expecting that. And let's close out on some good news. FDA, ready for this, has approved a long-acting HIV drug combo, which would only require monthly shots. Up to this point, historically though, people needed multiple pills daily. Then we were able to get it down to one or two daily. The possibility of getting a shot monthly would be huge for individuals. People aren't always able to afford their medication. They don't have access to their medication. They forget their medication, right? Getting a shot covers it. I love that. So US regulators have approved the first long-acting drug combo for HIV. Monthly shots would replace daily pills used to control infection with the AIDS virus. So Thursday approved a two-shot combo, right? And will make it people uh, easier for people to stay on track with their HIV meds and to do so more privately. Because again, there's still a huge stigma around any kind of STI or STD, and understandably, individuals don't wanna have to deal with that stigma, and that's something personal and private that people disclose when they're ready within the confines of a safe, comfortable, trusting relationship. And sometimes going to get meds, going to specific pharmacies to get meds, having to talk out loud about the meds you're getting can really put you, uh, essentially put you on blast and doesn't really honor boundaries. So quote, uh, that will enhance quality of life, and also people don't want those daily reminders that they're HIV infected. So psychologically, it's gonna have an impact on that. You're not gonna take a pill every single day that reminds you starting your day that you have this stigmatized infection or disease, right? We don't always want that. And getting a shot monthly really gives you more flexibility and freedom away from having to live in that and acknowledge that and also ability to do more in your life. So. That's always good stuff. We're always here from that, uh, here for that. Coming up next though, we're gonna talk about sleep. I know, we need better quality, we need more of it, and we need to do better. You know what I mean? Gotta prioritize that. And they'll be doing some DMs and questions tonight, talking about jealousy, so stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on radio.com. All righty, we are back and we're talking about sleep hygiene. I know, it's one of those things we gotta, we gotta really get into. It's coming up a lot out in the world, also in my private practice. People talking about uh, their sleep being different being off, uh, not being really nourishing, right? Not, not truly waking up rested. 
And some of the things that we got to do to really focus on getting our mental health uh, intact is looking at the impact a lot of different things have on our mental health. We're going to be talking more about that throughout the week. It's not just boundaries. It's not just healthy relationships. Mental health is impacted by a multitude of other things, sleep being one of them. Also recognizing we're in a very stressful time. And in stressful times, we need to focus very much on these core elements that really help our total health. Now, the studies are showing, and we talked about this before on Loveline, that uh, the, the, the amount of sleep you get is very important. Uh, some say seven to nine. I believe it's more eight or nine hours. And the quality matters too. And we all know that. We've all slept sometimes for many, many hours and woken up saying, thinking, I don't necessarily feel <laughs> like I got a really solid night's sleep. How's that impact our mental health? Well, you know, think about it. To be mentally healthy requires energy. Uh, you know, living the life we want to lead, uh, self-regulation, monitoring our coping mechanisms, trying to be a good, loving, relational person, setting boundaries, that takes energy. And if we don't have energy because of uh, us not moving our bodies for those that are able to move their bodies, for those that have access to the kinds of foods that make them feel best and sleep, hydration is key. That's something I've been working so hard on. It's exponentially had a positive impact. And again, that matters to your mental health. How does dehydration link to it? The same way sleep do. If I don't have my body operating at optimal levels, I'm not going to have the energy and ability to be grounded and focused. And so if you're feeling really overrun or burnout or like you're snapping, that's a sign that you're stressed. That's a sign that you're burnout and tired. And there's so many ways to deal with that. We're going to focus right now on sleep, but know that if you're feeling snappy and you're feeling at your wits end all the time and you, and you feel very dysregulated, uh, you need to do less. And I know some people are saying, well, how's that even happen? I don't know. You have to figure out within the context of your life what, how you can do less, but that's what you need to do. You need to say no to some plans. You need to unschedule some things that you've put on your schedule. You need to defer to another time. Uh, I've been doing it all the time. A lot of people are reaching out for me to do different projects and I'm doing the most I can right now. And I've said to a lot of people, hey, thanks for reaching out. I'd love to be on your podcast. Unfortunately, now is not a great time. Uh, reach out in a couple months. Yeah, pushing things off for months, uh, lecture invites, because I'm a burnout and I want to feel good. And I want to be able to show up in within my current daily responsibilities in my relationships at my best. So we have to say no and set boundaries. Don't take on any more. Take as much time away as you can. But again, we're focusing on sleep. Sleep is imperative for mental and biological health. Sleep is imperative for reducing stress levels. Sleep is also really important for having our immune system functioning at its best and most robust. All of that matters. Now we talk about sleep. We're also a little bit talking about rest and we talk about how most of us need more rest. If you've had a very physically exhausting day or emotionally exhausting day, doing something more depleting at the end of the day, like a home workout is the worst thing you can do. Some people feel better. I personally feel worse. So if I've had a very busy day, I absolutely do not exercise because it's just something that's further depleting. We only have so much energy for the day and sometimes it's taken with other things and to just stress, uh, I'm sorry, to just add more will overwhelm and make you feel worse and it'll overflow into the next day. So I'm saying no, I'm setting boundaries, I'm checking in with myself. Um, now the ways that we focus on better sleep is not necessarily things people want to hear because some of them are about changing our lives or our lifestyle or again, setting boundaries and if you cohabitate with people, you get into patterns and habits, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're always healthy. So let's break through some of these. 
one of the number one most important things, and this is coming out of research from uh, psychologists and sleep science experts, but have a set bedtime and a set wake-up time. That is something you will hear over and over and over, going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time to the best of your ability. I, again, I give that caveat. I can't. Y'all love calling out these outliers and blah, blah. It's like, I can only give you the general information and you yourself have to figure out how to apply that within the context of your life. I know that some of you are raising 15 kids. I know that some of you are worried about finance. You have to figure out how to fold this into your life. But to go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time is very, very crucial. Of those two elements, the most important is they say going to bed at the same time. Bam, your ideal bedtime. And that has to be centered around your lifestyle. You might have to go to bed later or earlier, depending on your needs for that day or the next day. And I also have to kind of build that in. I know how many hours of sleep I need, and I make sure to the best of my ability to get that, and that might mean shifting some things, but I'm aware of what time I need to go to bed. I'm, an, I'm a morning person, um, so I prefer to go to bed earlier and get up earlier. I'm not a nighttime person. Um, my days are very full and the things that tend to happen at night, non-COVID times, aren't things I'm that interested in. I'm not a drinker. I don't enjoy bars or nightlife. I like to go to bed early. <laughs> I, I start seeing patients very early in the morning. And so that's easier for me. I built my life around that. But again, set a set bedtime, same, same bedtime every night, same wake up time. Um, very important. You have to figure out how to make that happen. Now, I thought an interesting caveat to that was that you have to account for the fact that if you quote unquote are gonna to go to bed at 11, you don't literally go into your bed at 11. <laughs> and that's what I think is the flaw in the design. You don't necessarily fall asleep right away. Some people don't at all. And so you have to account for that. So if you need eight hours, right? Uh, so 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. would be eight hours. You then maybe wanna to go to bed at 10.30 or 10.45 to give yourself that 15 minutes or 30 minutes to fall asleep because that time doesn't count. So if you're laying down at 11, but not falling asleep till 11, 15, 11, 20, 11, 30, well, you have to account for that. And that was like a little caveat that I thought was really, really interesting. So some people leave a buffer of anywhere from 15 to maybe even 45 minutes. Um, I know it's hard to hear. It doesn't matter what you think about it. That's the reality. So build that in. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the other elements of sleep hygiene because it's a powerful part of, again, physical health, but also mental health. Uh, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back and we're talking about sleep hygiene because the importance of sleep is vast when we're talking about physical health and mental health. And I don't see many people actually engaging in this or understanding what what healthy sleep means. So in our last segment, we were talking about the fact that everyone has a certain amount of sleep that they need. If you have to figure that out, anywhere between seven or nine hours, eight tends to be the, the sweet spot. And we were just talking about how you want to account for the fact that when you lay down, you don't immediately fall to sleep. And you, so the amount of time you need might mean you go to bed a little bit earlier so as to get that amount. And we also talked about how, what time you go to bed and wake up matters. And you want to try to go to bed and wake up at the same time every night whenever possible. More important is going to bed at the same time. So build that in. That might mean saying no, setting boundaries, changing other people's schedules. You got to figure out how you want to do it. But again, mental health means having the energy. And it's hard to get through our day and to be the kind of people we want to be and to regulate and be very healthy if we're burnout or tired or not getting enough sleep. It's an impossibility. So if you're feeling burnout or tired, start with the sleep piece something I always examine when people are struggling with depression, anxiety, addiction, I'll say to them, how's your sleep? Cause that will at least, that might not alleviate all of that, although it can, but it at least will give you 
the chance to be at your most robust and grounded upon which to deal with whatever the world throws at you for the day, right? Our foundation matters. Because if you're already starting off rough or at a deficit, good good luck dealing with everything that comes with the day. Now, here comes the big other component of better sleep. Avoiding being on your phones before bed. Most people wind their day down on their phones or they crawl into bed and look at their phone and fall asleep. That is not ideal. And there's honestly no reason for it. We need to be able to turn our phones off and not be reachable after a certain hour. I have a certain time of night when my phone is off, it's down, and you can't reach me. I'm not a crisis person. I'm not a crisis manager. I'm not on call. I don't need to be reachable at all times. Just not how my job or my life works. And I'm unwilling to allow myself to be reachable at all times. I I have to prioritize my own self-care. So yeah, what we're talking about is the LED lights or the bright lights. They communicate to your brain, stay awake, be awake. And that gets in the way of falling asleep or sleeping soundly. So you want to darken the room as much as possible, right? Make it as dark as possible. And those screens matter. So you have to get out of the habit of scrolling around before you go to sleep. You have to have a set time where I'm off my, my phones and my phones are down. Maybe the TV's off even. And I let myself kind of wind down and then go into bed. It's imperative. I'm telling you, these phones. I loved the idea of not even bringing your phone into the bedroom, Get an old school alarm clock, set the alarm, wake up without even grabbing your phone, wake up and lay there for a minute as your eyes are opening up. Just let your body kind of come out of the bedroom, look out the windows, let some nice sunlight in or some fresh air. We shouldn't be ending our day and starting our day with the phone in our hands because of the light, but also because again, this foundation upon which we start our day, you don't want it to be a dysregulated overwhelm because you're looking at the emails that are coming and the text message and what's going on in the news. All of that can wait another 15, 20, or 30 minutes. It honestly can. It's just waited the seven to nine hours that you were asleep. It can wait another 15, 20, or 30 minutes. Again, I make sure I'm not accessible after a certain time and I'm not immediately accessible in the morning either. Everyone can wait. Literally, everyone can wait another 15, 20, or 30 minutes. And if not, they need to reach out to the next person. You know, that's part of self-care. That's part of self-esteem. That's part of mental health. You don't need to be reachable at all times. So I always advise people turning their phones off when they go to bed. I'd love for people to also not bring their, their phones into their bedrooms at all so as to make sure they're not ending their day or starting their day with it. That, that is a huge part of mental health. You got to get familiar with that. Also, we have to talk about the substances that we're putting in our bodies before bed. I think we're all pretty aware of the caffeine in coffee or chocolate or soda and the sugar that will spike your energy levels that will not help you fall to sleep. There needs to be a certain time of the day where you have a cutoff where there's no more caffeine, no more soda, no more sugar, right? No more coffee. Uh, For me, that's 4 p.m. At 4 p.m., I stop ingesting those things because I know that that will start to keep me up. For other people, maybe they can go a little bit later. And for other people, maybe they have to stop a little bit earlier. You have to figure out what works for you specifically, right? But these substances do matter. Let's also talk about things like alcohol. Alcohol is a depressant, a central nervous depressant. It will maybe help you fall asleep, but it doesn't help you stay asleep. You will wake up and it won't give you a restful sleep. So be thoughtful about that. Stop your drinking at a certain time. Do not be drinking all through the night, right up to bed. Stop having alcohol maybe by six or seven or eight. But a lot of people drink, drink, drink and pass out and wonder why they're not feeling out their most robust. And then they also have dehydration from drinking and they're hungover. 
and that just starts the cycle again. So really take an eye, keep an eye on what are the substances that we're putting in our bodies and the impact they're having. Wind your day down without those things. Have tea instead, right? Maybe a sleepy time tea. I'm a huge fan. It works, right? Maybe just having water, but really laying off the sugar and the caffeine because that will impact you. Um, all right, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to do some DMs. And then we're actually going to get back to sleeping, talking more about sleep hygiene. Really important issue. And we're going to spend a lot of the show talking about it. Um, question of the night is up on our Love on IG page. We'll be getting to that. And uh, if you have a question for us, slide it into the DMs on our Love on IG page. And also, if you want to check out past episodes, you can do so by going over to wearechannelq.com. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. We're back, and now it's time to slide into our DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Slide into our DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. This Valentine's Day, we aren't sliding into DMs, we're gliding into them. That's because Astroglide is here with a dozen different personal lubricants for whatever or whoever you want to get into this month. From self-love to an intimate night with your loved one, Astroglide can help you surpass your intimate expectations. All right, tonight's DM says, Hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Isabella, and I'm noticing that my friend Allie is super insecure. Long story short, Allie is a lesbian that has a history of dating straight women. She'll go after women who have boyfriends or only had boyfriends in the past, get them to date her, and then it ends up not working out and they go back to dating men. While sexuality is fluid, and I understand this, she has a pattern. She's recently met a new girl, Marissa, who has only dated men in the past. But this relationship is different. <laughs> oh, bum, 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 bum. This is a good one. It goes on and on. They are constantly fighting about men that look at Marissa. She accuses Marissa of staring at guys too long. <laughs> oh, bless. Uh, when they're out, and even the other day, a male barista was talking to the group of us. And when we walked outside, Isabella confronted Marissa and told him that she should get his number. The other night, I asked Isabella about it, <clears throat> and she shortly admitted to being insecure. I feel like she's putting herself in these positions to date women who tend to lean towards men. I feel she needs to stop putting her insecurities on Marissa because it isn't her fault. How can I tell her all of this? But nicely, you can't. You got to mind your own business. Sorry, that was like a long-winded explanation for me to say, you got to let her live her life. Basically, all you're saying is you're, you're struggling and frustrated watching her do this. My answer to you is calm down. It's not your life. You're too attached. You're too involved. It shouldn't be bothering you because none of this is happening to you. Seriously, just sit there and drink your beer or sit there and eat your popcorn and let this person live their life. As a friend, you can lovingly point out like, oh, well, it seems like it doesn't work out when you date girls that date men. And if she's like, yeah, that's my jam, well, then back off. Because a lot of questions that come into my office are, how do I change this other person? Because it makes me uncomfortable seeing them act a certain way. And that's not how life or psychology works. I work with individuals that they themselves want to make changes. And if that's not the case, then I don't work with them or anyone. I, I'm not going to force change upon someone that's patronistic, that's obnoxious. And again, that's not how therapy works. And that's not how friendship works. This is where your friend's at. You need to lovingly let your friend go through their process. I, I see nothing dangerous. Is it hard to be around? Sure. Don't be around it then, right? When she's with her girlfriend, don't be around or learn how to calm down. When I have friends that do all sorts of things that annoy me, there's parts of my friend's lifestyles that I don't like, but I, I, I don't weigh in on it unless it's dangerous. And even though, and even then I have to let people live their lives. You have to learn how to settle down and let this person do their thing. And I've had to learn that. 
I can't control everyone so that I don't have to struggle and control myself around my own frustrations. Your friends live in her life. A lot of people are working through stuff. Yes, it's very possible that your friend has an intimacy disorder and that's why she's dating people that aren't available or she's insecure and she's meeting great people and she's acting it out on them. It could come from a thousand different angles. But until your friend's saying, listen, I really wanna make a change, can we talk about this? You have to let them go through their process and it's very difficult, I know. So you don't have to be a part of it. You don't have to get pulled into it. I would advise not to, but you can't make her stop because this is where she's at. And there's nothing I could ever tell you to do or say that would necessarily make that happen. And how do you say it nicely? By saying it nicely. (laughs) There's no magic way to say it that's most profound or easier. You just kindly reflect back, you know, how's dating going? Your friend might say, it's been a lot recently. And then you can lovingly say, I noticed that. What do you think that's about? I noticed you date women that aren't open, out, full lesbians. Um, These other women might be sexually fluid. Your friend might be exceptional, and that's why they're willing to make that exception. Or yeah, your friend's jealous and just isn't willing to let these people live their lives. I don't know. I'm going to stay out of it personally. But um, I want to pull some key points from that. We can't change people. We don't have to. Sometimes the work is about us just detaching. Sometimes the problem is we're just over-involved. And that's what the feelings are about. We're over-involved and we care way too much. And we need to back off a little bit and focus on our stuff, you know? Everyone's journey's different. And some people have very great relationships or are already in a long-term one. And then they get a little self-righteous or judgy about other people's struggles or issues. It is complex and it's difficult. And yes, it's possibly your friend's acting out all her stuff as she goes through relationship. But if you nicely say, you know, you're willing to help her through and make some, you know, insights and she rejects that, well, then we just have to love people based on where they're at. But again, trust me, I know it's hard. All right. Coming up next, we're going to continue talking about the importance of sleep and sleep hygiene and then jealousy. How apropos is that after that DM? So stick around. And then, of course, question of the night, which is up on our Loveline IG page. So weigh in on that. And then we'll be closing out with some DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking more about sleep hygiene. Why? Because it matters. (laughs) It has to do with our physical health and our mental health. And I'm trying to get everyone to understand, uh, or at least ask, the mental health impact of everything they're doing. We need to bring that into our culture powerfully. Whenever you're asked to do something, what impact will that have on my mental health, right? A project, an invite somewhere, uh, your exercise, your relationship to food. What, what's the mental health piece of this? How is this impacting my mental health? So we're talking again about the importance of sleep. My gosh, it affects every system in our body, especially the mental health. We talked about going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time. We talked about the quality of sleep is as important as the amount of sleep. We talked about getting off the screens that amp us up, also laying off sugar and caffeine before bed. Um, Also just optimizing the bedroom, right? We talked about we need darkness. Uh, I'm one of those people where I like white noise, which is consistent low-level noise. So that's a fan or an air conditioner. Um, But again, it's also about the things we do before we lay down. People are talking a lot about nightmares. People are talking a lot about waking up during the night. Now remember, sleep is important because it consolidates our memories, right? And uh, dreams matter. It's, it's another level of consciousness. All the activity in our brain is meaningful and relevant, but our sleep and our sleeping consciousness, right? When we're not awake, that usually operates more in image and symbolism and those things matter. And so I do tell people, if you have dreams that you want to process and work with, keep a sleep journal. 
when you wake up in the middle of the night, write it down or first thing in the morning. A lot of our dreams, they, they, they weaken and they water down as we go out, th- go out throughout the day. And when we first wake up is when they're going to be most meaningful. And what you want to write down is how did I feel? What did I see? What did I think? It, really focusing on the symbols. And then asking yourself, and this is the really shorthand way that we work with dreams, write down the symbols and the images. And then you amplify it by saying, what is the cultural meaning within these things? What have I been socialized to, 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 what meaning have I been socialized to have around seeing a dog in my sleep or clocks? And then you do the individual. What's my individual relationship with time or animals? Because that's the problem with some of these dream books is they generalize what a symbol or, uh, or an image will mean. And everyone's experience is different. Some people, they see a dog and it brings up horror because they've been attacked by dogs. For others, comfort. Because they've always had family pets and they've always been very loving. Everyone's experience is different. There's no symbol that's going to mean the same thing for everyone. So be very careful about books or individuals that say, if you dream about this, this is what it means. No, it's always going to mean something different for someone. Our experiences matter, our traumas matter, our race matters, our ethnicity, our cultural norms and values around these symbols, our personal identities, all of that will impact what these things mean. But it's a really beautiful way to start to work with our deeper levels of unconsciousness, right? So keep a dream journal. Now, bedtime routine matters as well. We can't go from zero to 60. We can't be watching a horror movie, uh, drinking something sugary on our phone, and then put it down, lay down, and think, I'm gonna go to bed and I'm gonna sleep soundly. How you wanna enter that consciousness matters. So if you wanna have restful, positive sleep, maybe listen to some positive music before bed, watch something inspiring, read something that puts a smile on your face. The mood and energy with which you lay down and go to sleep will be carried into your sleeping consciousness. It matters. So routines are very helpful. Some people journal, podcast, others might meditate, but these are things you have to work with right? You have to figure out what you need because everyone's needs are going to be different around all these different topics. And that's why we generalize. But again, sleep is very important, um, especially in times where we have high stress and our systems are overloaded. And even though you might not be doing a lot of physical labor right now, emotional and psychological labor matters. We only judge, right? Our work based on the physical components. And people say, well, I've been home laying on the couch all day. Okay, that's the physical entry point. But again, we're bringing a mental health perspective to things. Well, what was going on mentally during that time? Did you spend those four hours on the couch, thereby doing no physical labor, stressing yourself out and ruminating and all that's wrong? Okay, well, that's why you're exhausted because mental exhaustion is the same as physical exhaustion. What was your mental state? What was your physical state? What was your emotional state? All that matters. And so when we talk about self-care and rest, It's not just that your body's laying down or sitting down. It also matters what's going on in your head. And music and podcasts and television shows can be part of dropping us into a more positive, restful state. Again, nothing wrong with negative emotions and feelings. We need to learn how to encounter them, sit with them deeply and fully. My point just being, all of that will matter as to how much rest we're getting and the quality of our sleep. And I know for me, if I'm finding myself hyper anxious or negative before bed, I do something to change my mental state. And for me, music has been powerful. I play music that feels soothing and positive and brings me out of that rumination because that's where my head's living these days. Just really processing over and over all the things that are stressful. 
And often that leads to solutions, great, and sometimes it doesn't. And when it's not, that's when it's just ruminating. It's useless. It's not constructive. And we want to use technology and other resources like individuals um, and our own ability to work with our minds to kind of shift ourselves out of that because that will impact our sleep. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about jealousy. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Something we've all encountered, uh, whether coming at us or coming from us. Um, but not all jealousy is reasonable and uh, you don't have to honor all of your partner's jealousy. Yep, we're going to break that on down. Question night is up on our Loveline IG page in the stories. You are listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're talking about jealousy. Yep, it's one of the things that can ruin relationships and burn them out. Gosh, we live in a culture that really centers and normalizes what we call toxic monogamy. That means toxic ways of running relationships where people think that if you're in a relationship, your partner should never do anything that makes you uncomfortable. It also is this belief that we own our partner. Uh, we think we have the right to know everything, to go through their phones, to... Uh, dictate who their friends can be, who they can talk to. And so I'm always trying to speak to our better selves. And I want to, again, start with, we are self-reflecting. What is it like for someone to date or be in a relationship or marriage with you, the person listening to me right now? Do you make people's lives better? Do you inspire them? Do you support them? Do you expand their life? Great. You're, you're doing good work. Or is your presence in your partner, husband's, girlfriend's, whoever else's life made harder? Do you add a lot of emotional work that's needing to be done? Are you constantly upset? Do you want to make people's lives better? That is a healthy partner. Part of this is jealousy. It is okay. And we will often be made to feel uncomfortable. When you feel uncomfortable or jealous, the first step is to say, is this reasonable? And also, whose work is it? Is it that I need to learn how to settle down and not be so insecure? Or is my partner correctly do or is my partner honestly and accurately doing something wrong because often the work is on the person that's uncomfortable the person that's made jealous or insecure and they need to work on saying what is the real question here because also um often the real struggle when someone's feeling insecure or jealous is this deeper question of i feel like i'm losing them am i really losing them or i'm not sure or i feel like maybe they don't love me so start with that question do i feel loved do I know this person loves me? And if so, then I let go. I'm not gonna use this uncomfortable moment as the only sign of whether or not they love me and to make a big deal. I'll let it go because I know they love me. Or am I actually losing them or am I just feeling insecure? Because I want people to be friends with their exes. Because again, the theory is we're only, we are only dating people worthy of trust. And if you are dating someone who is shady, not worthy of trust, stop dating them, case closed. But with people that are healthy and worthy of trust, they should be friends with their exes. They should go out with their friends without us at times. They should be able to have privacy and boundaries. Yes, we're allowed to have privacy and boundaries from our husband, our wife, our boyfriend, our girlfriend. We're allowed to keep parts of ourselves to ourselves. We're allowed to have emotional, deep relationships and connections with other people. Even of the genders we're attracted to, that is called friendship, deep friendship. And if you're not secure or comfortable with that, you are not healthy enough to be dated right now. You have work to do because you're gonna want your partner or husband or wife's behavior to center around keeping you comfortable at all times. And that's not healthy, that's also not possible. And so we wanna track that. If a partner comes to you with something that's not reasonable, you can say, let's talk about your feelings, but I don't think that is actually a healthy expression of jealousy and security, and I can't honor that. I can't honor whatever the behavior changes you're asking. Because 
I do have healthy friends and it is okay that I see them without you. It is okay that I'm friends with my exes. And so I'm not going to honor that, but I am here to hear your feelings about it. But that doesn't mean that I'm wrong or need to change my, my behavior. Remember that just because something you do makes a partner upset doesn't mean you're wrong and need to change it. Right? As long as we're talking about healthy behavior and in a relationship with someone we trust, because if they're not, then we have no relationship to speak of anyway, right? And this comes up with cheating. And that's a side issue. If you're in a relationship with someone who's cheated, well, that's a whole separate issue. I'm talking about you are with someone who's consistently shown that they're to be trusted. A lot of us, understandably, are wounded from prior relationships, which is why I'm saying be better for people. Leave people better off from having dated you or been in a relationship with you so they don't take that forward and feel insecure and jealous around everything. If we've had secure, healthy relationships, we assume and expect that when we move forward. But a lot of people that are jealous or insecure, it's because of the damage done in prior relationships, but it's still your job to heal that so you don't take that and knock that out on someone new, right? And we wanna be assessing better how healthy the people we're dating are. It doesn't matter how attracted you are to them or how compatible you feel. If they're not healthy and of trust, worthy of trust, we leave, right? So we really want to pay attention to that because I see too many relationships burned out with people constantly feeling like they're walking on eggshells because their partner's threatened by everything. If the partner's always feeling threatened by things, then the issue's them and that they are too sensitive and they have the wrong idea of what a relationship should look like and they don't understand boundaries. Or it's the opposite. You're correct. And that's a sign you're not with a good person or the right person because they're constantly doing things that aren't worthy of respect. They're constantly doing things that should make you feel insecure. That's a sign you need to go. We don't have to be in relationships. We choose them because we want to be. Choose ones where you can be good for them and they can be good for you. Relationships take work, but not a lot of work. If your relationship takes a lot of work, it's not compatible. For whatever reason, no matter how much you want to be together, it's not going to work. There's only so much work we should have to do to be with someone because there's other people we can be with. So again, it takes work, but only so much. It shouldn't be exhausting. I have to lovingly tell some couples that in my practice, this is too much. This is too much for both of you. I can see it. You're burned out. You're exhausted. There's no change ever made. What is, what is it that's making you want to push through anyway? What part of you is wanting that? A healthy part? Because that jealousy piece tells us so much about ourselves and our partner. But always start with yourself. Let jealousy and insecurity be, be a mirror being held up so we can learn about ourselves. Is this work I have to do? Is this my responsibility? Is this worth me even taking and expressing to my partner? Or do I need to go off and struggle with it on my own and work through it? Do I need to ask for different boundaries with myself, but also with my partner? Maybe you don't understand what healthy relationships look like. Read my book, Rebel Love. There's a whole chapter on toxic monogamy. And it maps out what we should be doing instead. And it calls out what is really improper, unhealthy, bad behavior. Really do the difficult work. We want to be making people's lives better because we're a part of them, not worse. I talk about that a lot, right? So if you see yourself, do that work and start with yourself. What can I learn about this, about myself? Where's my work? What, what am I acting out on my current partner that's actually the wounds of a prior relationship? And then my new partner's not responsible for that. Lovingly, they're open to hearing. Lovingly, maybe they're open to talking about some of it. Maybe lovingly, they're willing to change some dynamics or behaviors, but they shouldn't have to completely change their entire life to keep you feeling safe. That's your job. Your job is to be with someone who's worthy of trust and then letting go and trusting. Your job is attending to all these other pieces. So don't take that out on others. Relationships help us learn more about ourselves and where our work is. All right, y'all, coming up next, question of the night. Still some time to weigh in on that. That is on our Loveline IG page in the story. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com.
All right, we're back, y'all. It's time for question of the night. But before we do that, um, my heart hurts. I- I'm still seeing some some strange places where people are protesting vaccines and wearing masks. I saw another one in uh, L.A. here. A group of people with no masks with big signs on the side of the street saying it's a fraud. It's fake. It's not real. Dear God in heaven, tell that to the people that are dead. But if you don't want a vaccine, that's that's your business. But please don't block the sites or the entrances to those that do want one. Worry about yourself. Just like if you don't want an abortion, you don't get one. But please do not block, scream, and mock those that are on their way in to take care of their physical mental health. We got to get a little bit better about worrying about ourselves. Just because something doesn't make sense or feel good to you, good, don't go do it. But don't worry about other people that are gay trying to get married. People that for their mental or physical health are getting an abortion, mind your business. Want a vaccine to stay safe and keep others safe, mind your business. Right? Worry about yourself. Go out there and battle homophobia, racism, transphobia, all the world, you know, the uh, help uh, sex workers get their needs met, whatever it is. There's a lot of uh, exploited, marginalized, identity people that are trying to get their needs met. And then there's these other people that just want to kind of make everyone's life harder. So do something better with your time. Some, some of y'all need to go get a hobby. I say that with all the love and care in my heart. All right, y'all, it is time for question of the night. Tonight's question, according to rumors, TikTok, God bless it, is looking to invest its talent and create television shows and movies. Of course they are. Everyone's doing that. Hasn't really gone well. Facebook tried, failed. Quibi tried, hard fail. Um, but you know what? TikTok, do your thing. YouTube, I don't know how that's going. Um, is this a good idea? Would you watch? I I've, I, I have friends that have sent me TikToks. I, I I get it and I don't get it. You know what I mean? It's like that hybrid of like, I get it because it's like, just like big flashy stuff real quick. And it's like, all right, that's always dynamic. But what I'm watching people do, I'm like, that is just dumb, especially these dancing videos. I I don't get it. It's not for me though. And I'm glad that those that enjoy it, enjoy it. I have friends that just sit there for hours. They send me clips. I watch 10% of them. But you know, do your thing. And if these people can build a bigger career, have at it, have at it. No one has more or less of a right to fame <laughs> unless you're doing something illegal or offensive, which a lot of famous people do. Um, but let the kids have their money. Let them have their moment, you know? So anyway, TikTok, God bless. <laughs> Creating TVs and movies. I'd love to see what that's like because I don't know that these peeps can dance or sing. But nonetheless, good idea. Would you watch? First person said no. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not those kids. They're so annoying. I know our MySpace days were not even half as bad. Oh, MySpace. For those that don't know what that means, MySpace and Friendster were the way, 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 way before we had the Facebook and the Instagram and the Twitters. We didn't know what we had back then. I loved it. I, I went back to try to find my MySpace account to log in and get my photos. I can't find it. I'm heartbroken. I would love to have access, love to have access to those photos. Anywho, somebody else said as far as TikTok, would you watch making movies and TV? Someone said, actually a good idea. Why not invest in the youth? That's what I'm saying. Like each generation, there's a different thing that we prioritize and center, and it seems ridiculous to the ones that came before. And here's another example. I know there's a lot of people that think therapists shouldn't be doing media. I don't care. And there's a lot of people I think in TikTok stars that do basically nothing but bop around on the camera shouldn't be actors and actresses. But you know what? There's no rules, and no one has more or less of a right to fame. You know what I mean? Someone said, um, I think TikTok might be able to do it right. Instagram Reels is just kind of annoying. Yeah, I never really watched those. 
and now Twitter's doing their own version. It's like, it just doesn't stop. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Um, sorry, derailing, derailing. Somebody else said as far as TikTok making movies and shows is a good idea. Would you watch? Someone said, sign me up. I just want to star in my own show. But my question to you is in, in, in your response, what, what are you doing on your show? Like what kind of show do you want to have? Where do you place some of these people who just point to words and just dance? Like, what does that show look like? It seems like it'd be a hot mess. Somebody else said, maybe if some big stars are on, that's what they'd probably wind up doing. But I thought some of these TikTok kids were considered big stars now. I couldn't name one of them. Couldn't name a single one. I don't even know a lot of the current actresses or singers. I don't watch the award shows anymore. When I do, I'm like, who, who, what? Uh, except for the Academy Awards, which I also don't watch because it's all very political, but not in a, not in a good way. Um, okay, back to the question tonight. Would you watch YouTube, um, I'm sorry, TikTok stars on their own television and movies? Someone said would be really cool to see an LGBTQ plus focused show of some sort. Why do I feel like that would be a part of it? I thought we're now all about having tokenism, <laughs> which isn't a good thing. It's, it's part of its way to representation. Because remember kids, unless people are in positions of power, it's just representation in the form of tokenism. Meaning, look, there's a black person over there. Look, we have a queer person. Look, that person's fat. Look, we did it. No, they have no positions of power. That's what really means people are doing the difficult work. Nonetheless, I'm sure they'll get a platform. Someone else said, I'm definitely not watching. I'm gonna stick to Netflix. Yeah, but Netflix has been really boring. Like, I'm so bored. And some of the things they've been pumping out of just not been good. And finally, we'll end on this one. Someone said, I'd be interested to see how it comes out. Yeah, I would. Well, I'm not interested in how it comes out, and I wouldn't personally watch. So, But, you know, anywho, thanks to those that participated. Question of the Night is back up on our Loveline IG page. Coming up next, we're going to be sliding into those DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on radio.com. We're back, and now it's time to slide into our DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Slide into our DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. This Valentine's Day, we aren't sliding into DMs, we're gliding into them. That's because Astroglide is here with a dozen different personal lubricants for whatever or whoever you want to get into this month. From self-love to an intimate night with your loved one, Astroglide can help you surpass your intimate expectations. All right, the DMs, as always, they come from our Loveline IG page. Guess where? in our DMs. So if you got a question for us, drop it in there. Whatever you're thinking or worrying about, someone else probably is as well. It helped them out. Always anonymous, always confidential. Boop, put it in there. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I'm on several dating apps and it really bothers me that some of these men and women are putting COVID negative or have my COVID vaccine in their bios. Is that just annoying me or is this the way of the future? Hopefully, uh, well, might be the way of the future because not everyone's gonna get vaccinated. And that might mean that they then have the potentiality of being infected and asymptomatic or getting infected while you're with them and passing it along to you. Because remember, even if you're vaccinated, that doesn't mean you can't become infected. It just means it will reduce the severity or completely protect you, but you could still transmit it to someone else. So yes, it's a hot mess. I wanna know everything, because when we talk about informed consent, when we talk about consent, we mean informed consent, which means if I don't know everything I need to know, then I haven't fully been able to consent. If you're withholding information, I can only consent if I'm informed enough to know everything that I'm coming in contact with and what my risks are. So if someone is getting consent from you, you need to give them an understanding of everything. Yeah, so I'm here for it. I get that it's a little triggery right now, 
But yeah, if I was dating someone, I'd want to know that they were vaccinated or that they were COVID negative so I can be around them. If they haven't been tested and don't know, or they haven't been vaccinated, then you, I'd want them to get tested 100%. That's part of our new sexual health question. When's the last time you were tested for STDs and STIs? And when's the last time you're tested for COVID? Oh, it's been a few weeks. Well, I'm going to need you to go get tested and show me the results. And then we can hang out and make out and do dirties. But until then, my whatevs are not going near your whatevs and vice versa. And I think that that's an important part of moving forward. Yeah, that's right. You're going to see a lot more of that. It doesn't bother me. I think it's good. It gets the conversation going. It reminds people that don't have that on there that they need to go do that. It reminds people that haven't been tested in a while that we're talking about these things and people are going to ask that question. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you look into your local public health center, because a lot of them will send you a free test. I know some clients that have had them sent to them. But yeah, these are the kinds of things we're going to have to keep talking about. I know. Why does it bother you though? It doesn't bother me. I like the transparency. Look, sex and dating, it's never 100% safe. It's about making it as safe as possible. Trying to figure out what someone's personality style is like, trying to figure out if they're gonna be emotionally abusive, trying to figure out if they've been tested for STDs and STIs, trying to figure out if they understand healthy relational skills and communication, what's their you know experience around COVID, like all these different factors, dating, <laughs> dating matters. And part of hookup culture, I want that in there too. Even if it's just a one-off and you don't even want to know their name, you still don't necessarily want to walk away with COVID, right? And then come home to your family members or friends. Because even just getting tested the day before doesn't necessarily cover the entire window period. There's a lot to think about. So I'm here for it. I'm all about public health. There's no reason for us to not transparently. That's also how we uh, drop stigma by being able to talk openly about STDs, STIs, having had a cold or a flu. I want people to talk about that. Even if we're not talking about something as dangerous as COVID, if someone just had the flu over the weekend and it's a day later, I want to know. So I can say, well, maybe let's hang out in a couple days because I don't want to just pick up the general cold or flu necessarily, right? Life is busy. So I want people to have as much information as possible so they can decide what they want to come in contact with. It's not 100%, it's not foolproof, but that's part of... um, it's part of relational and sexual health. If we can't talk about those things, I'm worried about what else we can't talk about, you know? So anyway, I'm here for it. All right, coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about red flags, friendship, and also veganism. Why? Well, it's really an important part of environmental health, physical health, mental health, but also tons of celebrities are coming out as vegan and people have so many questions about it. I'm going to share some of my own little tips and tricks as someone who, uh, Went vegan at 19. Oh, that's right. It's been a really important, beautiful part of my journey. And then, as I said, we'll be talking about friendship and red flags. So join us. If you want to check out past episodes of Loveline, you can do so by going to wearechannelq.com. And while you're there, maybe check out some of the other shows. And also feel free, if you want to do some reading, to pick up one of my books or maybe get them both, Sex Outside the Lines and Rebel Love at all your local bookstores. More importantly, you can get them online at every bookseller. So do that. So join us tomorrow. Focus the rest of your day on some self-care, joy, pleasure, and also, as always, get tons of rest. Drop in the bar, y'all. We're getting through this. All right, y'all. As always, thanks for hanging out and enjoy and have a beautiful rest of your night.